You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention please. Now batting for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Fan Rock Fantasy Baseball, the host, Al Melchior. Fan Rock Fantasy Baseball. Hello, everyone. Happy Thursday to you. You are listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball, and it's not just any Thursday. I haven't done one of these in a while. It's a Nando Thursday. That's right, a full hour of Nando DeFino joining me here on FanRag Fantasy Baseball. Nando, first of all, welcome back to the show. And secondly, I love that new update, Sky. Lucky job that I... No just, comment. Judge, you should see the rest of the notes. They were great. <laughs> I had no idea that was two minutes. <laughs> I had written a seven-minute update freaking out about it. How are you, Al? <laughs> oh, that was you. No, that, well, uh, you know, I don't like, obviously, yeah, it was, a, a, it, was, it was Jeff the Skeleton. It was his brother, Andre. It was. Yeah, well, that's what I thought because, yeah, there was, there was a reference there to the skeleton. I'm like, the skeleton's doing a great job with the updates. I love this. <laughs> well, so, if, you, uh, if you listen as much as we do, <laughs> just take it from me, a skeleton. <laughs> it sticks in your brain all day, everywhere you go. Oh, it does. It does. It does. I love it. Uh, well, Nando, great to have you back on the show. Um, you know, we pretty much every time that I do have, have you on the show, we devote a certain amount of time talking about how we can't get through the notes, which then just further takes away from us getting through the notes. Right. But you know what? We are not getting through the we're not getting through these <laughs> notes today. There is way too much going on. I wish today was the two-hour show, Nando. Let's do it. So I like to make to that happen. About. Uh, but but. All right, yeah, let's, let's, all yeah, right. Nobody's uh, on target. Super lightning round. Go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just keep plow right ahead. Well, well, you know, you provide me with a nice segue there, uh, or whoever that was doing the updates, talking about Dan Straley now on the market for the Marlins after they uh, protested maybe a little too much <laughs> about him not being on the market. Um, <laughs> but uh, there's all kinds of interesting stuff going on with the Marlins and, and with, you know, just about everybody right now. Kyle Bearclaw is on the DL, on the DL. He's got a shoulder issue. So all these great stashing uh, strategies that we've had for weeks and weeks, waiting for uh, the, the Ramos trade, not looking good right now for Bearclaw. I don't know when he's coming back. But uh, who's your, uh, your stashy of the day for, uh, for saves? You know, my, st- my stashes keep getting traded and DL'd. I had uh, I think I was sitting on Swarzak yeah. for a little while, um, and now I don't know what to do with that Chicago. I, I have no idea where to look on the White Sox now. Um, for the Marlins, I I don't know Tazawa. <laughs> I like I like Tazawa when he was with the Red Sox. It seems like yeah, maybe I, some of the skill eroded, but I still like him. I think he's the guy. I mean, if nothing else, I mean I, the skills are pretty good, but I just think by by default, and yeah, the White Sox bullpen is just absolutely decimated. Right now, I don't even know. Uh, with Dan Jennings gone, he was, I think, going to be the eighth inning guy, but uh, I'm not sure who's left there. I don't think you. I don't think you pull <laughs> so, that move where you like uh, yeah, you convert Radone. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think there's a move there. I think you just got to kind of right. Okay, maybe Carson Fulmer's got some closer in him. Well, maybe, maybe. Well, be interesting to see. We barely scratched the surface here, Nando. So uh, everybody, stick around. So much news to get to. I promise we will get to it. And a lot more coming up on Nando Thursday. We'll be right back.
Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior, and joined today by Nando DeFino and Enya. Yes. So, uh, Nando, it's already been kind of a crazy... Yeah, that's right. It's very important. Yes. <laughs> uh, what is going on in our nation's capital? Nationals leading the Brewers 15-2. to <laughs> And the Brewers started... <laughs> uh, Michael Blazek, I didn't even know he was a starter. I'm not sure. And uh, yeah. his starting career, yeah, not sure how long that that starting career is going to go. I did, you know, I looked it up, and he has started in the minors, but uh, he gave up six home runs in two and a third innings. I don't, I don't recall ever seeing anything like that before. Was this a uh, was this a stretch out start? Maybe he was, uh, you know, called in duty and had to kind of conserve his. Uh conserve his bullets so he you know, couldn't be the pitcher that he's supposed to be. They're just like, let's just get us 80 pitches. We don't care how you get them for us. And maybe that backfired I guess, a little bit. I, yeah, yeah, he, he threw 61 pitches. Uh, he filling in, I think, pretty last minute for Matt Garza, who on the, went on the DL. So uh, hopefully things will go better for Luke Weaver tonight. Uh, Love just Luke called Weaver. up, Al. pitching for the Cardinals against the Diamondbacks. We are, we are Luke Weaver you fans all about it? big time here. <laughs> we, I've had Luke Weaver. We're, I am. I definitely am. Oh, all right, great. Then we're we're amongst friends, each other. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah well, he's got the Diamondbacks, who are really good against righties. But I, I like Weaver at home. He's he's a bit of a fly ball guy, but it's Bush Stadium, so no worries, right? Yeah. And I mean, look, I, I think he reminds me the season that he's having now reminds me of when you go back and look at that Jimmy Nelson crazy PCL season when I think he had like a fifteen start sub two ERA. That's not an easy thing to do oh, in the PCL. Yeah, yeah. Remember that, that's when I when I like Jimmy Nelson. That's the season I always go back to to make the argument that he's good, is because he sat in the PCL, had a sub two ERA over a significant amount of time, and that's exactly what Luke Weaver's doing right now, and I think it's pretty impressive. There might be some bumps along the way, but yeah, yeah, like there was for Jimmy Nelson for like what three years, something yeah. like that. And of course, he's totally awesome now. So hopefully, it won't be that long of an adjustment for Luke Weaver, but. Uh, uh, should be an interesting start. Zach Godley go for the Dimeback. Should be a really good one. And the Cardinals lineup is out already. Uh, there's only five games tonight. We got the Cardinals lineup. We got the White Sox lineup uh, for an 8-10 Eastern start. Uh, 7-10 there at uh, Guaranteed Rate Field. Got it right this time, Nando. Didn't call it U.S. Cellular <laughs> or Comiskey. Uh, <laughs> uh, but for the Cardinals, uh, you've got no Yadier Molina. you got Carson Kelly catching and batting seventh. Harrison Bader back in there. Uh, center field, bat, batting fifth. Uh, Tommy Pham in left. Always, always check for the Tommy Pham uh, appearance in the lineup. Good to see he's still in there. Uh, so uh, nothing much going on there with the White Sox lineup. At least I recognize the players. I don't think I'm going to recognize the bullpen uh, for the White Sox into that game. Hey, who's a but? I, yeah, I, I, the White Sox. I guess I could just pull this up myself, but it's more fun to ask. Who's uh, starting in place of Garcia? Is this going to be like an Alan Hansen job, maybe? 
Maybe. Or is it just more like Adam Engel? I, th- kind of I have read. Let me pull that lineup back up. I bet it is because uh, I read something to that effect, but that would be wrong. It is um, <laughs> Willie Garcia. Willie Garcia, who they just called up. Okay, that's I, that's. I think it'll eventually be Alan Hansen. So I'd read. I'd read. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I read that this morning. So, you know, but we got we got uh, Melky Cabrera, of course, uh, who may not be there for long. Adam Engel in center and, and Willie Garcia in right. So there's right. your, your White Sox outfield. Let's get to some of this news. Not so much of it. Uh, Steven Strasburg on the DL with a right elbow nerve impingement. But now we got another rookie to talk about. Eric Fetty, one of the Nationals' top prospects, is going to start in Strasburg's place on Saturday against the Rockies. Uh, you like Fetty? Uh, how much you like him compared to our, our friend Luke Weaver? Uh, oh, I like Weaver way more. Um, I've kind of, uh, I don't know, Like you look at Fetty's numbers, they're not impressive I'm, I'm i'm blanking on the guy on the astros who just got called up who was like a he's he reminds me of him top prospect you know hit the top baseball top 100 uh mlb top 100 uh but the numbers don't add up for me who's the pitcher montez the guy uh, the guy mm-hmm. in the astros who got called up same thing yeah. like, numbers in the minors aren't great but martez right yeah martez uh it's just you know but he's, he's top yeah. prospect everyone's crowing about him I don't see it in the numbers. I could be wrong here too, but that's kind of that's how I play the game. Um, so I'm not seeing the Fetty numbers. I really I'm not crazy about him. But everyone seems to like him. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I I had I had uh, Gary and Thorne on the show earlier this week, and uh, oh, you know what? I did. I'm not lying about that. But I was about to attribute something to him that actually was something Nathan Dockett said. I had him on the day before, so I'm going to correctly attribute this. So Nathan was saying how he doesn't really. Uh, you know, care for the you know the pitchers that you know get by with uh, you know basically anything that's not strikeouts. So you know, great control, uh, high ground ball rates, all that. That's Eric Fetty. I think he's you know could ha- could be a low whip guy, uh, good control, um, keep the ball in the park. But yeah, not not super exciting from a fancy perspective because probably not a lot of K's there. Would you so, if you if yeah, you went and I like, you... I like Weaver better. If you're one of the people who picked up uh, Raphael Devers, say who's kind of now obscured. A little bit. Would you drop him for Fetty if you're playing on that level? Like, where where does Fetty's nah. value come? Like, is a, a dude who just got dumped basically back down to the minors, impending? I'm assuming, or, or no? Well, that's the thing. I worry about that. Uh, I worry he's just not going to um, distinguish himself that much among some other waiver wire options. And just to throw one that's just really top of mind right now, uh, Chris Flexen, who's going to start for uh, the. The, um, the Mets tonight, making his Major League debut. Uh, not as much prospect hype, but he's had a really great breakout season. And, you know, I could just as, I could see swapping Fetty out for him because Flexen could be up longer and, um, you know, might not be any worse, really. Hey, Al, um, you're right. By so, the way, his, his numbers have been amazing. Um, but in the interest of taking us off the yeah. rails, the Oswalt, Oswalt, uh, in the Mets in the Mets minor league system, has been pretty good this season. I, I'm kind of eyeballing him as the dude who might, you know, pull a Conforto, kind of get called up and stay up, and wow a lot of people. I could be wrong, but it, I mean he's he's a double A right now, yeah. which isn't that far away. No, I mean plenty of guys make that jump. Yeah. So, well, that's that, that that's a, a nice little uh, you know recommendation to tuck away. There we go. For some other, we'll put that like on it. another rundown in the future, and then we'll just totally ignore that. And the cycle, and the cycle will continue. <laughs> <All right. laughs> 
Uh, well, you know already, Nando, you're, you're helping out here because uh, next thing I was going to get to is obviously El Garcia. You've already alluded to that. So he is on the DL with the strained ligament. He's on all my right teams thumb. now. He's going to be out for at least a couple of weeks. Every single one of my teams. Oh, uh, Nando, I'm so sorry. Now it happens. I'm very proud of what he's done well, to this sub, point. Sub, yeah. yeah, he struggled lately, but now we know. I think we know why. Because he's been dealing with the thumb issue for about a week. Right. Which neatly coincides with his slump. It's always nice. It's like a... Uh, Santiago... Cas- so it's like Mitch yeah. Moreland in his toe. I just talked... Um, I guess. Well, if you trace... When Mitch Probably Moreland... A lot of guys we could come up with. Fractured his toe, and Greg and I traded for him in a league. Sussman and I. Uh, he's, been ve- he's been very ah. bad. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> just like that, then. That's Trivia. Good, that's like an SAT analogy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they've had analogies on the SAT for, what, like 30 years or something. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Santiago Casilla blew another save. His third out of his last five uh, did that last night. Uh, and Susan Slusser's reporting like he could be out. That doesn't seem like much of a surprise. Is uh, Blake Trainum the obvious guy? In fact, is there anybody more obvious right now, Nando, to speculate on for saves than Blake Trainum? No, I don't, I don't think, think so. there is. I, there's, there's, look, I go through the process of who's the guy who's been awesome in the bullpen. Uh, is there a starter maybe who's getting tired, maybe hitting that you know, 160, 140 innings kind of bullseye, and is that a way to shorten it down? I don't see that anywhere on their staff. Um, you know, Liam Hendricks. I had him on a couple teams earlier this year when he was doing really well. Uh, he's always kind of popped back into my consciousness. There's a shot, but I think it goes to Trennan first. If he if he screws up, then I think I think maybe Hendricks is the guy you want. I'm not a dull person. <laughs> I'm not a dull person, but uh, no, yeah, hardly. I, I feel like Hendricks is the is the kind of backup to the backup. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense to me. I, I'm I'm not dull either. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Dole did, Ryan Dole did get activated today. Uh, John Axford designated for assignment. So how's that to tie together a couple of news items? Uh, well, Nando, we got uh, some minor league call-ups here. Uh, I, I will admit, uh, or at least one, that I did not see coming at all. The Pirates are calling up Jordan Luplo, and he is going to make his major league debut tomorrow against the Padres. He's had a nice season, sort of like Chris Flexen, uh, off of my radar, but uh, probably off some other people's radars. But nice, nice season for Luplo. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know where he's. What are you going to do with him when he's up there with the Pirates? I mean, especially with Starling Marte coming back. I guess he takes Polanco's spot. But it seems to me like he. Are they just going to let him play every right. day, or is he going to be just kind of a bench guy who maybe can come up and hit a home run? I, I don't know, but I can't imagine. I mean, I think he'll you know play where you know Jason Frazier been playing at least till Polanco's back. So maybe not a whole lot of shelf life, but I can't believe they bring him up just to sit. We shall see, Nando. Anyways, we got to head to break again. More news items. We got buy that BABIP up later on. So uh, lots of fun. Come on back. In 2016, Scott Engel predicted an impressive second season from Melvin Gordon. Jake Seeley recommended Jordan Howard. Bobby McMahon forecasted a JGI breakthrough. George Kurtz saw a big year coming from Matt Ryan. And Joe Galena picked Rashard Matthews as one of his top sleepers. These predictions turned fantasy owners into champions, and the same crew returns this year. With more savvy calls in the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package at rotoexperts.com. Don't miss the calls that create winners. Register now and enter free radio at checkout for a special discount. May it be any 
You are listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melkew. And with me for the hour, the whole hour, Nando DeFino, because, of course, it's Nando Thursday. And we will uh, recommence with Nando Thursday in just a moment. But first, got to tell you that you can now take the world's premier 24-7 fantasy sports radio network with you wherever you go. How do you do that? Just download the Fantasy Sports Radio app right now in the iTunes Store or on Google Play and listen for free anytime or anywhere. Hear Tony Sincata on the treadmill, Benny Riccardi in the car, or Greg Sussman on the subway. Or just relax with the king, of course that's Scott Engel, on the couch, or with Jake Seeley when you're jogging. We'll keep you updated and informed wherever you go. So get the Fantasy Sports Radio app for free right now in the iTunes Store or on Google Play and take the experts with you. And Nando, let's blow through some news items and weather and stuff really, really fast here so we can get to the, the really fun, meaty analysis type stuff. Um, Brett Phillips was optioned to AAA, so that means more fun for Lewis Brinson, I would think. A uh, move was made to make room for Anthony Swarzak on the roster, uh, just acquired, of course, from the White Sox. The Phillies last night traded Pat Neshek to... Uh, <laughs> to the Rockies. Took me a second to remember. Uh, for prospects, Jose Gomez. So many relievers going so many places. Uh, for Jose Gomez, uh, right-handed pitcher, uh, MC Hammer. It's actually Dave, J.D. Hammer. I'm sure nobody's made that joke yet. And right-hander Alejandro Requena. Uh, and also in Rockies reliever news, uh, Greg, Hollander, Greg Holland was placed on a paternity leave yesterday. Uh, Dallas Keuchel will definitely be starting on Friday at the Tigers. Uh, it was initially left open, open-ended. open could be Friday or Saturday. So that's going to go Keuchel, McHugh, McCullers this weekend for the Astros. Howie Kendrick has a sore left hand due to a hit-by-pitch from yesterday. He's uh, day-to-day. Either Lucas Sims or Chris Medlin could join the, uh, the Braves rotation uh, on Tuesday. That was the spot that was occupied. Last night by Aaron Blair did not go particularly well. That would line either Sims or Medlin up for a two-start week next week. Dodgers and Marlins in Atlanta, or to be more specific, in Cobb County. And Dansby Swanson probably not appearing in that game because he uh, is going to be demoted to AAA Gwinnett. So uh, any interest, uh, Nando, in Sims or Medlin as a two-start guy? I like Medlin. I like like Medlin. I think he still has some skill in there. I, I really think he was sidetracked just by injury, and I don't know. I, I, there's just something. He jumps off the page at me. Also, I want to try and acquire Dansby Swanson wherever I can. I think he gets straightened out in the minors and comes back up, you know, maybe in a month. But you still get a strong month out of the end of him there. Pull a Mike Trout. I hope so. Yeah, I just got him. I just got Swanson in the, uh, well, not just, like two, three weeks ago in the Scott White Dynasty League, so... I'm hoping for that outcome. What did you give up? And I like Sims personally. I mean, I, uh, Swanson, uh, which I'm sorry, got to remember. Oh, that was uh, I got him and Carlos Rodon, who then I turned around and flipped for Mark Reynolds, and uh, gave up uh, Robbie Ray. Oh wow, that's that doesn't seem like your typical Scott White Dynasty League uh, dump trade. You know, it's it's that's you gave up something of value and got something of value. But yeah. For now, well, that was. Me trying to well, first of all, I mean, I needed you know, I needed a shortstop. I wanted to you know beef up my prospects in that league. Uh, Swanson, I thought was better, you know, fit that best, and it was you know, I thought a good chance to to try to uh, get max value for Robbie Ray. And Ray hasn't been that good since then. <laughs> um, 
I'll, you know, I'm not saying it's cause and effect, but I don't feel too bad about it. But we're intimating it. Yeah, yeah. but that's all we're doing. Right. That's strongly <laughs> suggesting. Yeah. Uh, I would strongly suggest not playing the slate tonight, Nando. Only five games, and two of them look like they've got big, big precipitation probabilities. The Rays at the Yankees, uh, 61% at game time. And then the Diamondbacks of the Cardinals, which we just talked about with Luke Weaver a little while ago, that's 38% at game time. Although that both of those uh, dropped down uh, you know, going an hour or so past game time. So maybe it's just a delay and not one of those annoying things where – you know, Weaver starts and he pitches two innings, and then you know there's a two-hour rain delay. So it's dark here right now. Uh, but uh, speaking from on the ground, well, really? on the fifth floor uh, in New York, it's it's like dark. You know, like a, you look out the windows here and it's dark. It might be raining. I don't know. I haven't yeah, seen. Yeah, that doesn't sound. Well, that doesn't sound good for uh, Chris Archer and CC Sabathia and the hitters that are going to try to face them in that weather. Does not. No. There you go. Thank (laughs) thank you for the update, Mike Florio. It is raining. (laughs) AccuWeather. All right. Uh, And my weather data, (laughs) coming from Roto-Grinders and Kevin Roth. Want to give them credit where credit is due. Uh, We had two members of the two Homer Club yesterday, Nando. J.D. Martinez, that's three homers in two games for him, uh, back from his injury. Uh, He's up to 19 homers on the season. That was against the Braves. And Cameron Rupp erupted and yes. i cannot restrain myself from making that pun whenever he goes yard <laughs> uh numbers eight and nine they were both against righties too rup doesn't usually do a whole lot against righties yeah so uh you know i keep getting not, rup. would he you know been talk, yeah i was gonna say keep, what about rup in my brain i get rup confused with nap uh so the philly should not be doing that like two catchers with double p's at the end of their names it gets hard to keep up in the back here yeah You're I, subconscious. I, I, I hadn't messed that up until now, so thank you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Then, and I'm sorry. And I'm sorry for interrupting you before. <laughs> Keep it going. <laughs> uh, let's keep the Phillies analysis going because Aaron, Aaron Altera was back from the DL and got two hits, including his fourth triple of the year. I kind of soured on him a bit before he went on the DL. Maybe it's the, uh, one of these Mitch Moreland type situations, Nando, where. Altair wasn't uh, maybe as healthy. Uh, oh, wait, are are wait. you in on him? And are you suggesting that Altair wasn't all there? Uh oh, Al, I left that one for you. I'm That's sorry. Right, this, is, this is your <laughs> this is your stomping grounds, not mine. I, I knew where you were going, and I I, you know, I, I thought you were going to finish it off, which you did. So uh, <laughs> that's exactly what I was suggesting. So uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> is is uh, is he uh, you know, viable for you in a 12-team mixed? I think, well, I think he is. I, Jeez, I think I still have him in the Scott White Dynasty League. I might have traded him. Here, the thing with Altair is he was never on my radar. Um, I thought he was you know, nice and good, but nothing, I guess, that he's done in his past really jumped out at me. But so many people liked him last year that I, I sometimes do, I don't think I'm doubting myself. I think I'm just being smart in that all these experts were sweating this guy so hard. And I, I always associate him with Todd Zola, and I love Zola. I think he's one of the smartest mm-hmm. guys in the industry. Um, so I'm like, all right, maybe I'm missing something. So I picked him up for like a buck this season when he wasn't on anyone's radars in the Dynasty League. Um, and uh, it's like I, I get trade offers for him. That's why I think I might have traded him. It's really bad when I don't know my Dynasty League team. But uh, yeah, it's, I, I've never been crazy about Aaron Altair. 
he did good things for me when I had him on my roster. Uh, I just I'm I'm not crazy about him personally. I'm just taking the wisdom of the masses of very smart people who I respect. So there's your there's your wishy washy analysis, Al. <laughs> I was gonna say so. So that lands you on kind of sort of being in on Altair. I wouldn't Do passionately I defend Altair like I defend no. some of my like I would like Avisel Garcia before the season, who I've loved for like five seasons. Um, you know, he's not in that category. He's kind of just in the uh, yeah, I guess shrug. I guess okay. so. Not sure. I, I'm kind of with you on the wishy washiness there because you know I, I think there's some power there, but I'm not sure there's there's a whole lot else. I, I I'm not. Uh, well, let me put this let me put this question out there. Aaron Altair or Nick Williams, rest of season. Uh, I. Th- I've kind of warmed to Altair in that scenario. Wow. Okay. Yeah, but I, I'm trying to think. Of yeah, I think could... I'd give Nick Williams the sh- the shot. Really? Yeah, and I think he, I think the I think McCannon's more uh, committed to his playing time too, because for a while there, like well before he went on the DL, Altair was not playing all that much. Yeah, that's true. By the way, breaking news: Altair is no longer on my team. I don't know who has him, but it's not me. <laughs> I might have traded him to Scott. Somehow I have Logan Forsyth on my team, so I'm assuming that happened in the. <laughs> that might have been the Altair trade. So Something involving Logan Forsyth. Somebody overnight. <laughs> somebody hacked into your roster and made all kinds of changes you don't understand. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it probably happened. I'm like, yeah, this is a good idea. I need, I need a third baseman because um, whoever I was holding at the time was not doing well. And I can't remember who that was. Anyway, sorry. I. Continue on Nick Williams. I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, that's all right. No, I'm, I'm going to blow past uh, this Philly stuff. Uh, Eric Hosmer, got, we got to talk about him. Five hits yesterday. That was the big offensive explosion by pretty much the whole Royals lineup against the Tigers. Five for six with his 16th home run. But this was not just uh, you know beating up on, on Anibal Sanchez and the, the Tigers' bullpen. Uh, Hosmer over his last 28 games, so more than a month. Hitting 364 with, and this is a weird ratio, Nando. Eight homers and three doubles. That seems very unHosmer-like. So that to me was a red flag. Had to go do the, the deeper dive because I'm like, that's not Hosmer. Hosmer's more of the doubles kind of guy. Uh, he's got a 45% ground ball rate, which for him, for you know another hitter, would be like a, a 30% ground ball rate. Uh, so are you you buying this fly ball hitting version of Eric Hosmer? Maybe he's made adjustments. Um, look, it's, I don't think it's coincidence that you know, they're they're on a tear right now, too. By the way, I was only uh, Scott does have Aaron Alther, and I it's, I want to tie this all together because I always associate Eric Hosmer with Scott White because when I started CBS, it was all points leagues. Um, that's all you know. The, the podcast really uh-huh. kind of talked about you know what everybody played, and I'm like, why does it, like why is Eric Hosmer so valuable to everybody here? And why is Martin Prado so valuable? <laughs> and it was because of all the Alex Gordon. Everyone's sweating Alex Gordon. I'm like, why? And it was because all the doubles they'd hit. Yep. And so that's why I've always associated Hosmer, you're right, with the doubles and not the home runs. So I believe it. Yeah. Well, Hosmer, wa- Hosmer wants to be a roto guy now. Apparently. Hosmer wants a big fat so. contract. <laughs> hey, well, let's go to break, Nando. And when we come back, let's talk about Rafael Devers and Lou Brinson and, and a bunch of young guys. So, Yay. You think that's fun? Stick around. Hey, everybody. 
everybody. It's me, Joe Pizzapia, best-selling author of the Fantasy Black Book series. And right now, you can get the 2017 Fantasy Football Black Book on Amazon as we speak. What are you waiting for? You can get it for ebook if you're Kindle or for paperback. And it's not just me this year. No, I brought in some friends. I got Jake Seeley. I got Sammy Reed. I got Gary Davenport. I got championships, and they're waiting for you. Find out why the Fantasy Black Book is number one best-selling in fantasy sports for the 10th straight time. You know why? Because once you go Black Book, you never go back. Welcome back. This is FanRag Fantasy Baseball. We're going to chill out a little bit, but also make it exciting. Somehow, we'll do that. Uh, I'm your host, Al Melchior, and Nando DeFino, you're my guest today. And it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, and it's always good to have you, Nando. I think they're actually bringing uh, the well, Enya, the Enya prob- volumes coming up. I think Florio's messing with you. It is? Yeah, it's probably not even raining. <laughs> uh, well, that's, I guess that, that was uh, Mike trying to build some excitement with Enya. So, Do you uh, need to you know, with the show, Al? Not really. Yeah, I don't think no. so. Yeah. Um, what did you think of Adrian Beltre last night? I mean, that was a Hall of Fame move uh, because the, the umpire had asked him to get in the on-deck circle. Did you see this? No, I didn't see it. <laughs> Sorry. You didn't see it? Oh, it's, it was the most awesome thing. I, I mean, there was so much cool stuff last night, but this was the coolest. The, so the, the umpire motioned him, wanted him to get in the on-deck circle because he had kind of crept towards the, the plate. And so he walked over to the on-deck circle and dragged it to where he was. <laughs> and, then the umpire, and then the umpire rejected him. <laughs> That's amazing. That's great. Yeah, all right. Oh, it was beautiful. And that was on top of a three-hit game with a home run and two doubles. So uh, he is my <laughs> all only, around. Uh, my only bright spot for AL Towers. That's, that's, my team is destro- it's just garbage right now. He's the only bright spot. Well, and it's also important to have players you like on your team. Yeah. I think. Yes, this is very heartening. I think there's a way. Yeah. He's a, a fun player to have. Uh, let's uh, get to some of the kids, Nando. Uh, we had a couple of uh, prospects getting their first Major League home runs last night. Rafael Devers, part of a two-for-four effort against the Mariners. And Lou Brinson. Uh, I don't like to call him Lewis for some reason. But I'll call him Lewis now. Lewis Brinson, uh, one for three with his first major league home run, and that uh, against the Nationals. So better better times for the Brewers uh, back uh, back yesterday. Um, so uh, between those two, I mean, I think there's maybe some playing time issues. In fact, you kind of uh, brought that up earlier, Nando, and I, I, I you know apologize because I just kind of ran over that. But I don't know. I mean, Nunez, it sounds like from everything that I've read that he might be more of a utility guy for the Red Sox. I guess um, the, the, what, ben what Zobrist, the Ben Zobrist of the Red Sox? Yeah. yeah you're, I, I mean, I wish you had your sound effects. But this isn't really done in a vacuum. Uh, you know, like, obviously the, the management knows what they're doing, so I don't think you call up Devers and then the next day, you know, this player just falls into your lap who plays the same position. Um, I would, yeah, I think he's going to be bouncing around all over the place. He's infield, outfield, shortstop, middle, you know, left side. I think there are enough, there are enough at bats and enough places for Escobar to play where Devers doesn't get pushed aside. Uh, you mean Nunez? 
I'm sorry. Eduardo Nunez, Eduardo Escobar. I always confuse the two of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Eduardo Nunez. Sorry. You should yeah. have said, just said Eduardo. That would have covered both of them. No, but so, I, wanted to... uh, I felt like that was I felt like that was sort of a dare, by the way, Nando, for me to do this. So, oh, yes. Um, it's back. There you go. <laughs> oh, this is the greatest Nando Thursday ever. <laughs> I was one crazy person laughing and clapping in the studio by myself as all these restaurant patrons walk by. Yeah, Al's got his vacuum back. So what? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, uh, Bradley Zimmer. See, I was going to call him Brad. I'm, I'm being very informal with everybody. Lou Brinson and Brad Zimmer. Uh, he was, was cleaning up against the Angels. Uh, he has really this whole week. Um, had a big week. He's 7 for 12. Last night, he was 2 for 4. He homered. He doubled. He walked. Um, he's got two homers, two doubles, two stolen bases just in the first uh, three games of this week. Um, but I, I, there's an interesting split that I came across, and I actually first came across this uh, in putting together my weekly matchup report. And um, he's got a 901 OPS against fly ball pitchers. A 489 OPS against ground ball pitchers. Now, I mean, when you break down Bradley Zimmer's stats into splits, they're not real huge samples. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. But that's a huge disparity. And the the uh, extra base hits, the four of them that Zimmer's had this week, two have been against Ricky Nolasco, one against Jesse Chavez, and one against Tim Edelman, who all have pretty distinct fly ball tendencies. Do you think that's a fair guide for starting and sitting Bradley Zimmer? I mean, that's deep. Going forward? Al, this is why you're one of the best, is because you pulled this out. Like, yeah, Aww. I hadn't even considered that. But, I, yeah, it's, geez. Th- I mean, you're going to have to really, really pay attention and, like, take a look at pitchers and their tendencies when they're starting against the Cleveland. But, uh, yeah, yeah so I guess especially if you're into daily, that's pretty brilliant analysis. I think you do have to that's, pay attention. Uh, to yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, kudos to uh, Baseball Reference for making that stuff available. I love those splits. And speaking of the Indians and splits, too, next week, as of right now, they're scheduled to face six left-handed starters next week. I don't recall. I mean, I'm sure it's happened, but I don't ever recall a team going up against six lefty starters in a week. I'm pretty sure I've, I've seen five. But that's, uh, to me, that's uh, Austin Jackson time and, yeah. Jan, and Jan Gomes. And also, Al, you used to, uh, used to do the pitching planner for CBS, I remember helping yep. you with that. Um, you would know. You're yep. intimately involved with how many lefties and righties get thrown out per week. I guess, yeah, it's a pretty yeah, pretty long time that I've been paying attention to that kind of thing. So, yeah, six, six I don't recall lefties, ever seeing that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And again, things can change, especially with the, with the trade deadline uh, right around the corner. Um, so, well, I, I want to be sure, Nando, to get to this uh, segment by that BABIP because it comes with a Twitter poll, and that's one of the rules of the show, that if something is accompanied by a Twitter poll, you can't skip it. <laughs> All right, cool. We have one rule on the show. <laughs> so, uh, I, and I try to close these polls out before showtime so I can have a, a nice, neat final number. I forgot to do that. So uh, you can keep voting if you want, but uh, <laughs> we're probably going to kind of skew, maybe skew the results of the, the discussion. Who knows? But as of right now... Uh, all right, well, first I should describe what the poll is, and I can tell you who's leading. All right, so four pitchers who all, and I didn't put this in the poll, I just put what their results have been, but four pitchers who have had very, very low BABIPs either over the entire season over or 
over an extended stretch recently. So it's Paul Blackburn over the course of the season, which, again, is not really that many starts. Alex Cobb over the last nine starts. Gio Gonzalez over the course of the season. And Ian Kennedy over his last eight starts. Okay, so Blackburn's got a 2.25 ERA. Cobb over the last nine has a 2.24. Gio for the whole season, a 2.81. And Ian Kennedy, a 3.26 over his last eight. So I add, the question I asked was, which of these four pitchers has the most believable stats over the given period? And by far, Nando, the winner is Alex Cobb. I that doesn't necessarily that. mean people are buying it because I, I didn't give them a none of the above option. Right, but yeah, that's the people are saying that that two point two four ERA for Cobb over the last nine starts, you know, basically about two months worth, uh, is the is the most believable. More believe, I'm surprised. I would have thought people would go for Geo or maybe Ian Kennedy. Well, you know, uh, my, but they are neck and neck and neck. Yeah, my uh, my dark horse here is Blackburn actually, um, because he's not a strikeout. Six percent went for him. Yeah, you know, it's it's. I think is he's not. You look at his numbers, look at his minor league numbers, whatever. He had a, a pretty steady ERA the whole way up, decent WHIP, um, but he didn't strike guys out. And I think if he's pitching to contact, um, and he's got a better defense now, obviously behind him, then you will see in the minor leagues, you know, where people are still kind of raw skills. Um, you know, players are getting to balls that they might not in, in Double A. Uh, you know, this the Black Reaper thing could be real if he's kind of pitched that way his entire career coming up. And that's what it looks like, and it's incredibly steady. If you really look at the, the swing in his ERA, is, is not that much. Um, he's unexciting. I mean, he's not going to strike guys out, obviously, but that's part of what makes him maybe believable in this role because the players behind him are making plays and the minor leaguers couldn't, and that Babip's obviously going to go down because of that, and he just might be like one of those weird players who, you know, the likes of which we haven't really seen. Well, and, and there's an associated thing to, to you know, think about with that because you're talking about people behind him making the plays. And I bet there's somebody out there listening, you know, maybe a whole bunch of people out there listening say, but it's the A's. They're the worst team defensively in the major leagues. And I think statistically they still are. But the team BABIP, I looked at this about a week ago, and, and it was like dropping. The pitcher BABIP for the A's was dropping like a stone, coinciding with the return of Marcus Simeon. Yeah, I know he's historically been really bad defensively. And also the recall of Matt Chapman, who's really, really good defensively. And Simeon's been better of late in the field. So, you know, I think there's something to what you're saying. Well, I mean, the worst, about, the worst defense uh, in the majors yeah. is still better than probably the best one in AAA or AA by leaps and bounds, I'm assuming. So even if you want to say that you're the worst yeah, in Major League I Baseball. Mean, I think maybe the quality of the hitters kind of balances that out too, though. You know, I don't know. I don't know. It does seem like I, I should take a look at that because I, I think BABIPs in the minors are generally higher. It would make sense, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, the thing with Blackburn is he just he doesn't strike anybody out. No. I mean, we're not just talking about, you know, oh, he only gets seven per nine. I mean, he strikes almost nobody out. Yeah. Yeah, he had, I but mean, he, I, I think he, he, uses, there's a little, yeah. he was like six-ish in the minors. And you're hearing the notes have him a 3.4 K per nine, which is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's 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 Nicolino esque, um, and that <laughs> hasn't really worked for Nicolino. <laughs> but uh, Blackburn, he induces a lot of contact, obviously. But the hard contact rate, I think, is I didn't put this in the notes, but I think it's somewhere around twenty four percent, which is ultra ultra low. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, 
I, I'm not that interested in Blackburn, but you know, at least like I said, from a real world perspective, maybe he can he can kind of make this work. I mean, if you're gonna, if so you're gonna, uh, anyway, if you get a team that's got a lot of strikeouts, like if you've been putting Masahiro Tanaka out there all, every week and you're suffering through this ERA and WHIP, I think you maybe put Blackburn out there and you know balance it. Oh, I don't need the strikeouts because I got Tanaka. I just want my ERA and WHIP lowered. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, something to chew on while we go to break. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about these guys. Uh, some other pitching talk right when we come back. Want the most accurate predictions for the upcoming college football season? Then you need to get to GoForTheChew.com Power 5 Preview. Available now at RotoExperts.com. I'm college football analyst Joe Lisi, and my predictions and insights have been featured nationwide parlaying my successful predictions in Las Vegas. I get you ready for the upcoming year with in-depth breakdowns of every Power 5 team, schedule analysis, Heisman favorites, and much more. The GoForTheChew.com Power 5 Preview at RotoExperts.com. Get it now and cash in later. But I will go down with this shame And I won't put my hands up and surrender There will be no Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior, here with Nando DeFino on Nando Thursday. Switching it up over to Dido to uh, wind up the show here. Um, Nando, just uh, over the break, saw a tweet from John Morosi from Fox Sports. This is pretty interesting. Uh, according to Morosi, he says, Sources say the Dodgers are increasingly confident they'll acquire one of you, Darvish, Sonny Gray, or Justin Verlander by Monday. Wow. Yeah, that is significant. They're going for it. Yeah. And I'll admit selfishly, but also, you know, for, for the listeners, I'm, I'm excited about this because you know who I'm going to have on the show on Tuesday to kind of recap all the, the deadline stuff. You Darvish himself? Molly Knight, who wrote that. No, next best thing. <laughs> oh. Molly Knight, who wrote the book uh, about the Dodgers. Uh, best team money could buy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah right. Uh, so, uh, I never read it. I actually never bought it. Um, but I do follow her on Twitter. Yeah, she's a great follow. Yeah. Um, so uh, that'd be great, especially if they pull that off like right on Monday. That'd be, uh, that should be a great conversation. And Andy. tomorrow... I'm gonna gonna have Andy McKay, uh, who's the director of player development for the Mariners, on the show. Really looking forward to that. Um, Jess Kamen, the Jess Kamen, uh, if, if you can do it. Uh, well, I had him on the other day, so I'll ask him again. I know he's gonna be really busy. <laughs> It'd be cool to have him on one more time. I want to make sure to have him on at least once uh, in the week leading up. So. Uh, yeah, that was great. Great to have John on the show. Yeah. Uh, I just want to uh, make sure we, we get to two two guys, Nando, before we uh, we call it a day here, uh, kind of wind up that BABIP discussion, because we talked about Paul Blackburn. He's got a 214 BABIP uh, on the season, but Alex Cobb was the winner in that poll. He has the lowest BABIP of the four, um, and again, for Cobb, this is just over his last nine starts, a 209 BABIP uh, to go with a 224 ERA, but I got to say, I you know... I think if I just seen that poll without looking at the deeper numbers, I I probably would have agreed, but this doesn't make any sense. He over uh, 64 and a third innings over these last nine starts, just 38 strikeouts, 12 walks, which is good, but a 36% hard contact rate. So I would, I would stay away from Cobb. Uh, I'm not buying that at all. I'd, I'd buy him the least out of the four actually. 
I feel like a like I'd believe it if if he was sitting like a twenty six percent. I'm sorry, like a two sixty BABIP, maybe two forty. But two hundred nine yeah. is so extreme too that yeah, I I, th- I feel like I feel like this is him regressing, and you know, in a good way to the Alex Cobb we were expecting, and now it's just going to kind of tail off. The, not a terrible Alex Cobb, but not a two point two four ERA Alex Cobb. I expect him to hit like right around three thirty, maybe three forty. Right. Well, all of them except. Yeah, all of them except for Gio were like really extreme, like you know, two two twenty one or lower. Kennedy was two twenty one. Gio's two fifty one, and that's for the whole year, um, which is really something. But I, I want to make sure now that we do have, talk a little bit about Jake Arrieta because he had another good start again yesterday against the White Sox, six and two thirds, two runs on only two hits and two walks, five Ks. He's got a two twenty five ERA for July, um, but. He's not getting very many swings and misses at all. Um, do you think he's, you know, doing this, you know, kind of a la, you know, Paul Blackburn, not to the same, uh, or Gio Gonzalez might be a better, might be a better analogy. Um, I mean, are, are you buying this at all? I will, I was going under the assumption all season that Jake Arrieta was hurt, hiding some kind of injury. Um, maybe not. You know, maybe he's doing what you say. Maybe he's, or maybe he's compensating for that by just kind of changing. The, he's still so talented that he can kind of just slightly alter the style of pitching. And uh, and still be successful at. It. I don't know how long it's going to happen until maybe someone catches on or catches up, but um, I, I would I would buy this as real for as long as it lasts, and then go away running. That sounds like a good good way to go. Jake I'm sorry, I took up all idea. the time that we had left. What's your Al? You give us a take. <laughs> Ten <laughs> seconds. Perfect. Take. <laughs> uh, not not really. You know, buying it, but but you know, yeah. Maybe if there's something I don't understand, give them a shot until he's not doing it anymore. Sounds good to me. Anyways, we are done here, Nando. Thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned for On Target.